stay bout it. I'm not pouting. Break through walls and climb it mountains if you want it. Scream it loud. What's up, superstars? Welcome to the Brain Tainment Podcast. Listen, if you're someone who wants to build more confidence within yourself, your ability to perform, to execute, to build skills, or to just feel better, or if you're someone who wants to architect a new empowering identity, this is the platform for you. Listen, we have all kinds of guests on this program from the psychology space, neuroscience, sports, as well as cultural icons and influences where we get to pick apart their story and learn a bit more about them. So be sure to subscribe. I hope you get value from this show. If you do, if you do enjoy it, please, please, please do me a favor. Put it on your socials, share it with friends and families who you think this message could help or they would enjoy and be sure to share the love and tag me on those platforms. We'd love to get some feedback. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. G'day guys, welcome back to the show. Today I'm joined by Mark Scrivens. Some of you may already be familiar with Mark, um, who was on Maths Season 6, obviously Massive Show in Australia, and we might get a chance to to unpack that a little bit today too. I'm just I'm just curious. So that'll be a bit of fun. But Mark uh, is also a mental health advocate. He's a ripping bloke, I should say too. But he's a, a mental health advocate and facilitator for for Living, which is a nonprofit organisation helping to break the stigma of mental health. If you guys are longtime listeners of this show and the stuff that I put out to the world, you know that I'm wildly passionate about all things psychology, human performance, and certainly mental health. And at a time like right now, I think you know these sorts of conversations are certainly worth exploring anyway. Um, but the Living Group, they they run programs, you know, they're a fantastic community and offer some pretty epic apparel too. Um, so you guys go scope it out and get your hands on some of that. But Mark, may appreciate you carving out the time. Welcome to the show. Yeah, very welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah. We were chatting off air earlier and, of course, yesterday a bit, getting to know each other and touched on the intro there, mate. Ripping bloke. Uh, so I'm excited to just have a chat and, and hear what you've been up to. Um, but I mentioned also people may be familiar with you from maths. Obviously, you've got a, a good platform now off the back of that, you know, great community, which, of course, probably helps promote some of the work that you're doing with Living and some of the mental health message, messages there. But firstly, mate, the getting on the show, how did that come about and, and why did you apply? Yeah, so I actually didn't apply. Um, I got approached. So me and my mate of mine, who was the best man on the show, um, we were just at a bar. We were just, we were just at Garden State on a Saturday Arvo. Um, it was about 6 p.m. We'd already had a pretty pretty lengthy afternoon in the city. Yeah. And um, these two young kids, probably early 20s, male and female, just approached us, um, basically asked if we were single. They said yes. Um, they said, what are you up to, basically, for the next couple of months? Um, <laughs> so obviously I'd watched the show. The previous year and i was aware of everything so i knew exactly what i was getting myself into yeah um but once the dust settled monday morning when they rang i had a good think about it and weighed a few options up and realized i was 40 you know, 41 at the time um i was single i was just recently moved to melbourne i was in a position to be able to do it and i was sort of old enough to deal with any negative positive and negative feedback that was going to come my way so um at the time i just looked at it as an adventure looked at it as something to, to do and um i was in the right frame of mind Physically yeah. and mentally to have a crack at it. Did you think it was a stitch up at first when you've got these two people approaching in a bar saying, hey, we want you for tally? Um, no, I'd heard stories before that that's how they were doing it. Is that it? A, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I knew that they, I knew previously, I don't know where I read it, but I knew that they would probably struggled a little bit to find males to do yep. the show. Um, out of my year, which I think 
there was 24 in total people that was on it. Um, I think probably only maybe eight of those had applied. The rest had been approached at certain areas. So I knew that going in that that might, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Simple as that. You know, yeah. we just only, we'd only been at the garden state for literally three minutes before yeah, right. they approached. So they're the right place, right time. Is there any highlights that stand out for you? Admittedly, mate, I hadn't, I haven't actually seen much of the show. So I'm just curious. Was there any sort of highlights <laughs> to you that, that um, um, kind of stood out for you? Yeah, look, I, there were some there's some really good moments on the show and there were some times when I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Ning and I, my partner on the show, we actually got along really well. Um, there's a few hiccups at the start um, from both sides. I won't point the finger at either. Um, from both sides, there was a lot of walls. There was a lot of, there was travel. She was in Townsville, I was in Melbourne. So there was a 1700 kilometre uh, barrier. There was three kids involved um, at the time. So there were a lot of things we had to get over in the first couple of weeks, but to be honest, once the dust had settled from that, um, we actually got along really well um, off camera, which ended up showing on camera later on. Um, we just we just weren't able to sort of get over the line where one of us was in a position where we we're happy enough to move. Um, that was the big, big key. I'd only been in Melbourne six months moving down from Canberra and, and she hadn't left Townsville. So to be honest, mate, it was it was it was a pretty no, bit of a no-brainer in the end. Um, yeah. we just weren't able to get over that um, geographical barrier. Yeah, fair enough. Well, you've come out the other end, uh, you know, with a big social following, of course, a platform now, um, and a beautiful partner as well. I know yeah. um, that wasn't directly through the show, but um, you've, uh, for those that aren't familiar, Bianca, I believe her name is Bianca. Yeah, Bianca, Chat- Bianca Chatfield. Yep. That's, that's yeah, the one. Former Aussie netballer. Yeah. So she yeah. was on the block. She was on the block the same year I was on um, with her, one of her best friends, Carla Dorky. Um, so they did the Gatwick block. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, she, it's weird looking back now because um, she just heard me. I did a radio interview on Nova uh, at like weirdly like 7.30 in the morning and she just happened to be driving to an appointment and heard me on the radio and thought, geez, this guy doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. Never watched the show, watched a couple of clips and then just sent me a DM on Instagram basically saying, why would you do this show? And then we end up just getting in a bit of a banter pretty much for five or six messages just about our two reality shows and how different they were. And then we decided to meet purely to catch up over a drink on a Sunday Arvo. Um, yeah, purely to sort of discuss reality shows. And mine was just about to finish. Hers had been finished for six months. So she was in a position to give me a bit of insight into what was about to happen. That's um, amazing. Yeah, That's fast such... forward two and a half years and we just advertised we're about to, we're, she's pregnant and we're due in February. So yeah. Nice. Congratulations. That's such a cool story. That's such a cool story. I wonder yeah. if um if I'll have any listeners of my show reach out to me with uh, <laughs> I should I should laugh. Yeah. I, I should give a shout out to my partner uh who actually connected the two of us. So <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not all what I'm what I'm yeah. after, but that is a great story nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey mate, um you've obviously got this platform now, like I touched on, you're doing doing some work with Liv, and that's really what I wanted to unpack a little bit about um today but just for some context how did how did that kind of come about for you i know just chatting with you off air um that was that started out as something that you were an ambassador for obviously you know drawn to that for for certain reasons uh, and now of course a facilitator uh, with some of the programs that they offer but before we dive into that what's that story look like for you how do you end up kind of connecting with with what they're up to and and why was that important for you yeah um so uh, I, I grew up in a small country, rural town of, of Goulburn in rural New South Wales, and it was a small town of about 25,000. Um, I often look back now and sort of think it might have been small town syndrome. Um, 
school we went to, I sort of got stuck with some good blokes, ripper blokes, but they were probably the wrong crowd to get around. Um, you know, probably didn't get involved in too much trouble, but probably went down a path where, you know, probably, I don't know, good or bad, it, it, it sort of led me to um, maybe have some uh, issues later on in life. Um, mm. like good blokes, and, and I'm still friends with them today, but, you know, just a little bit naughty and... Um, I, I, I sort of after after sort of joining the military in the early 2000s mm. um i took off overseas um for about two years and i lived in new zealand then i lived in canada um in about 2003 2004 um basically returned home and in about 2006 um i was living back home living with my mum and dad and it was the first time i'd probably lived at home or been around mum and dad for about 12 years since i left school and um being with them and living with them on a 24-hour basis it was probably the first time and I was 30 at the time, and it was probably the first time my mum um, saw me firsthand uh, on a daily basis and, and sort of the ups and downs that I was going through. And maybe she pulled me aside probably after about six months of living together and she sort of said, look, I'm just noticing some uh, subtle changes in your, in your behaviour that I've never really noticed before um, because you haven't been at home for too long. Um, and I just figured I'm 30 years old, I'm bulletproof, and I'm six foot four, 110 kilos, and training every day and, and living the dream that I'd didn't have anything wrong with me. I didn't expect them to be anything wrong. Why would, you know, why would there be anything wrong with me? And it wasn't until probably a couple of months later when um, I just remember being in a real funk, real low. And um, she rang me out of the blue on a, when I was driving home and asked me what I wanted for dinner. And I just ended up breaking down and um, just being like, Jesus, maybe there is something not right, not 100% right. So she said to me, look, she was in the, she was in, she's a nurse. So she was in the sort of the health, physical health area. Um, and said, look, Mark, why don't, why don't you go and speak to someone? Uh, why don't you go and um, go and chat to someone about this? And, and I was like, why would I want to go and give, you know, tell, tell some bloke that I never met what, 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 what I'm doing, what I'm going through? Mm. I was sort of thought, why? And you know, I'm 30 years old. I've been through ups and downs for 30 years. Why would someone want to try and unpack that in an, in an hour? So I went and saw a bloke and um, basically at the end of it, he said to me, Mark, I, I can't give you, there's no right or wrong when it comes to self-care. That's one thing that I've learned. He said, mm. you've just got to do whatever suits you and whatever makes you take your mind off things. And my mind is just going a thousand miles an hour. And um, basically he said to me, Mark, I said, oh, if I can give you one thing today, he said, spend 15 minutes a day, every day with no phones, no TV and just on your own. So from then I've just basically tried to do it every day, just 15 minutes. Um, what I used to do was basically go and lie on the floor with my legs up on the wall. Yep. Uh, with all the blood rush down and then just basically take myself away for 15 minutes. Uh, no music, no phones, no conversations. Um, that's just something I've just done for every every day since. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, I like that. And then probably, then probably about three years later, um, after probably realising that um, I, 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 was, I, I knew that there wasn't any place for males in particular. Now, I'm not saying that, this is only based on me. I'm not trying to say mm. it's only males. Um, but for me personally, I just sort of never found somewhere that where I was comfortable in, in talking to other people about this, even yeah. outside of the, the, the room of this psychologist. And I remember stumbling across the living at a, a health and fitness convention. I just went in there just to see what's going on and chatting to the bloke that was there and um, really liked his mantra. They were a company or an organization that had been created in about 2013, after the suicide of one of their very close mates, and they were the same. They just they didn't know anything was wrong with him. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to have those conversations. So 
they created the, the brand or the organisation Livin um, purely to try to get males in particular to mm. in, encourage conversation. So I thought, wow, great, great, um, <laughs> great company to be a part of. Bought some of their merchandise, and then um, basically was ambassador for them. And then um, basically last year, I used to run a small cafe in St Kilda. And sorry if I'm going on a bit. Um, no, and, good. Yeah, and um, I was running. I was running a small cafe in St Kilda last year, and fortunately, uh, I was actually able to stay open during during COVID, which I'm very grateful for. And um, but I saw firsthand what COVID was doing to people, uh, mums, dads, single mums, kids, um, and I could see firsthand that they were sort of using me as a as a as a tool to sort of get out of the house have a chat, mm. you know, stand around in a cafe and have human interaction. So I sort of saw firsthand the, dev- not devastation, but the, the dramatic impact that, that COVID was having on people from all walks of life, mm. nine-year-old grandmas to six-year-old kids that would come in and get a marshmallow every day. Mm. That's because it was their highlight. So um, I reached out to Livin in about uh, late last year and basically said, look, um, is there any opportunities maybe to, um, I knew that they had a facilitated program already going in Queensland. And I said, look, is there any opportunities maybe to, to branch out into Melbourne, um, given the severity of mm. mental health down here at the moment? And they said, yep, great. So they came down in February, did the training package. And um, yeah, so just been trying to do as much as we can, unfortunately, due to COVID again, even though I believe it's probably the, the time of our lives that we need it the most. I know. Um, we're actually not in a position to do much. So yeah, so that's my story. Um, I, so- I'm even at 44, I'm 45 very soon but even at 44 I've, I've now found that i'm in a good position to be able to talk about my own story um i sort of found talking to people that i can relate to people probably just because i'm your average bloke yeah. I, I don't have a, i don't have a certificate on the wall i've done a thousand jobs you know I've, i do a bit of training i try and eat as regular as i can i sleep try to sleep as much as i can I'm, i've had a couple of jobs i was on a TV show for a bit, which just allows me the opportunity to have that platform, which is what I'm very grateful for. Mm. Um, but I think it's quite relatable in the sense that I'm not, you know, an A-grade celebrity or I'm not someone with the certificates on the wall that I've done all these university degrees. I've I basically just live life and, mm. and, I, and I struggle at times. Um, I still do. I've learned how to manage those times. But yeah, I think we all go through ups and downs. I think it's just part and parcel of being a human. I reckon the, the relatability pace is huge and that's ultimately you know why i wanted to connect with you a bit more mate and get you on the show and that's something that i try and i guess put out to the world it's like hey just you know an average sort of dude but um you know it's just part of the human experience sometimes you have ups sometimes you have downs and i think knowing how to kind of where possible sort of mitigate the downs but but perhaps more importantly just I guess, make the right context around when you are feeling a bit down so that you don't spiral out of control and it can happen very easily for, for anyone. And so it's it, that relatability piece is really important for, for people to connect to you to go, fuck, all right, these, these guys that I can maybe connect to emotionally and on some level, it's like, okay, maybe it's almost opening up a door just to, um, for those people to to reach out and say, I'm actually struggling with this or I'd actually like some improvements with this. And I suppose that goes a long way to at least chipping away at that stigma you touched on um, that, that we are trying to to break. Um, I guess for you, mate, is it, whether it's from your own experience or some of the workshops that you've done or the, you know, the involvement that you've had with Living to Date, are there certain reasons you think that stigma exists? And, and perhaps let's just start with the, the man... Uh, the men's space, um, mm. 
like wh- wh- where does that stigma come from? Yeah. Oh, the tough one, I know, and I don't expect it is you to a know tough all the answers, yeah. but it's yeah. um, something I often sort of pontificate on because it's mm. it's very rife, and I also struggled for a period of time. I mean, listeners of my show, I won't bore. You know, they know my story, but I mean, there was a period of time where, similar to what you, what you touched on in that story, there, Mark was, um. You know, I I was actually, I was struggling. I actually knew I was struggling, but I was like, fuck, I just, I had this persona of like, you know, sports guy, you know, Mm. bit of a womanizer um, and albeit like a bit of a facade, like it felt safe just to to stay in that kind of portrayal to the world. And so for me, that was where I was like, oh, I don't want to kind of expose myself to anyone. Mm. Um. Yeah, so for you in your own story or, or people that you've come across, do you think there's reasons for that stigma? I don't really know. And and to be honest, that's you could ask probably 100 different blokes mm. about this question. You probably get 100 different answers. Um, for me personally, it was the fear of being judged and it was the fear of being weak. Um, mm. And that's something that um, I've learned that you're not alone. You know, like you're not on your own. I guarantee you out of the 100 blokes that you ask, all of them, will have had ups and downs or, or shitty days in their time. Um, unfortunately, probably 95 to 96 of those probably won't admit it. Um, and that was me. That was me for a long, long time. I used to do things in my life that would hurt me in other ways. Mm. And I would use, like, for instance, I'd go out and have three or four big nights in a row because being on the piss at two in the morning, having a blinder, yeah. that was my way of releasing some of that tension. Um, I'd go out and I'd go out and randomly buy a, something that I would never ever use. I went out and bought a guitar, you know, because because <laughs> I was like I was driving around. And I thought I wouldn't mind listening. To, I wouldn't mind knowing how to play this song on a guitar. So I went and bought a four hundred dollar guitar. Never used it, never used it. But I was like that was that was one way of me like getting that rush because I've never mm. been really into drugs. I've I've had a lot of I've had a few nights on the piss, no doubt. Who mm. hasn't? But I've never really been into drugs, so that was my way of boosting up like my own morale was was going out and buying things, going out and hurting myself financially, going out and spending money that I didn't have, um, going out and drinking quite heavily because being intoxicated, that Mm. gave you that sudden rush. Then the problem was two or three days, you're you're spending in bed, you know, not feeling so good. But that was my way of of hurting myself. But I didn't know that at the time until I was like, wow, what, you know. So you start studying yourselves and studying your own behavior as to what you were doing to yourself to sort of cause harm. Mm. Um, you know, like even, yeah, just going out. So um, yeah, look, that, I, I really don't know what the stigma is and, and why people are still so afraid. I think it's just because of judgmental. I, I, I think so always, too. Mm. Yeah. And it might look, I don't, I don't know the age of your uh, listeners, but I think it could also be generational. Um, you know, I know males that, you know, my dad's sort of era that, you just you just dusted yourself off. Yeah. You know, you got up in the morning, you're having a shitty day, you, you didn't talk about it. You just mm. dusted yourself off. And yeah, so I just maybe it's generational, maybe the fact that with social media these days, there is a lot more conversation surrounding it. So yeah. people are actually in position. Back 20, 30 years ago, you'd go to the pub with your mates and you'd talk about it, and that'd be really it. Yeah. So you wouldn't ever sit down with your mates and say, oh, I'm not not having the best day because I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't the impact, know I the impact of like societal and cultural norms um, is something I'm really passionate about. So to that point, on like you know, like an older demographic, old generation, where like 
yeah, the, the norm, so to speak, rightly or wrongly, it just it wasn't encouraged to, you know, kind of pontificate and and, and express your feelings out loud. Uh, just it just wasn't the norm, and so you kind of just naturally live into that. I find as a human is like whatever mm. the people around you are doing it, is going to create a space or not for you. And so, yeah, particularly now with the younger demographic and social media, it's 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 encouraging more and more conversation, which is a really good place. Yeah really good place to start and so i guess the next piece goes into like well what what does that conversation look like part of it of course is is connecting with the right people and you know you and i are not qualified professionals um well i'm not anyway i'll share my two cents because i feel like i've had my own journey and you know um have some tools and practices i think that have helped dramatically not just get from a from a you know a, a place of debilitating depression and i've been pretty upfront with you know listeners of my show to getting from there back to neutral but then also taking to that next level like okay how can we make sure life is enjoyed and not enjoyed and sort of putting things in place but that's but that's my thing and i suppose it comes back to what you said earlier mark of like hey there's maybe it's just experimenting to find what works for you you know maybe is that 15 minutes a day yeah. to, i mm. think what i've learned in the mental health space is that one size doesn't fit all and yeah. you've really got to do whatever, whatever suits you. And to yeah. be honest, it could be anything. Yeah. You know, I don't think, I don't think that I'll, no one's going to judge if that's something that you do. Like I literally lie on the ground yeah. with my feet up on the wall and allow all the blood rush down through the body. So when it, when I stand up, all the new blood rushes down and then I just yeah. have 15 minutes on my own. Beautiful. I try to turn the mind off. I just don't think about anything. Don't think about work. Don't think about, outside world and it's it's a little bit selfish because i just spent 15 minutes zoning out but that's how i have learned to to deal with it i've also i've also surrounded myself i mean i'm 45 soon so i've surrounded myself with good people and i think if you if you put a a good vibe out to the world good things happen and whatever for whatever reason you know i put myself in a position where i did that tv show and from that easily the best thing that's ever happened to me has come out of it um, mm. And I went on the show to find love. I was generally there for that reason. And weirdly, in a weird way, it came about six months after filming. So yeah, um, I feel like if you if you put the positive vibes out, the universe something will will return. Will return serve. Yeah. I agree. And then without like this is a rabbit hole to go down, which I'll be really aware not to do because I can get way too excited. But there is also you know, there's a lot of science to support. Like if you are putting good vibes out and intentional about, um, you know, being in a certain state of being or, or, or a certain mood, you will literally change the biology, the, the neurochemistry of like your internal experience. You'll actually start living into that and start feeling good. Mm. So there's like this idea of reciprocity that like these good things will come back to you in whatever ways you believe in. But then also like even just in the moment, the idea of trying to smile, make someone laugh, trying to like that will inherently make us feel better at least a little bit anyway. So I think that's a really cool tool that, you know, I, I try and encourage people to adopt as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Surround yourself with good people. Good things happen. A hundred percent, mate. What's what I'm trying to do with you right here. I should say as well, you know, we're laughing off air about the, the lighting that you've got going on there with the, with the setup here, mate, you're pushing yeah. 45. You're looking fucking good for 45. I got to say. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously the gyms are closed. Yeah. Um, so Bianca went out and, um, hired like one of those watt bikes so we just we just do sessions in the backyard every couple of days yeah. they're not we're not breaking any we're not breaking any records yeah uh, but yeah we get up and about um 
Nice. Yeah, go for a walk most mornings. That's just our way of starting the day. So love it. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to the programs really quickly. So, of course, you know, COVID restrictions here in Victoria makes it hard, which <laughs> the catch 22 is, or the irony, I should say, is, mm. you know, we, we probably need it now more than ever. Um, let's say things open up, you know, 2022 and, and you're, you're on the road and you're speaking to, speaking to different groups i guess what i want to know is are there certain groups that you're hoping to connect with and and what does that what does that session look like is there a sort of a one one key message you're hoping people can walk away with so with living we do pretty much like a 45 minute presentation and it's more surrounding uh mental health education and stigma reduction so mm. we i don't i don't think anybody you can spend as much time as you want with someone but unless they take whatever you want away and, and put it into practice um it's difficult to get that message across. Our probably biggest, for me anyway, the biggest message that I try to get across is self-care. I think that if, when you do physical first aid, the first thing you do is in that uh, like acronym. Doctors A, B, C, D. The first thing you do is danger because yeah. you've got to look after yourself before you place yourself mm. in that situation. So I've done the mental health first aid training course as well. And the very first thing they do is again, tell you that to do self-care. And I think that's probably the biggest message yeah. that I've learned is to try to look after yourself first before you can ask mm. somebody else because you, you don't want to put yourself in danger or you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're not ready to have that conversation. Um, so you need to be in a position first and foremost to be able to help someone out. So um, yeah, the Living Well program is about 45 minutes, um, touches on everything, touches on what mental health is, it basically sort of differentiates between mental health and mental illness. Mm. Um, it does comparisons, draws comparisons to physical health, um, goes through self-care. It goes through areas where you can find help um, or professional help if you, if you need it. Um, and it's basically just there to try to break the stigma, to basically mm. break that, just to try to open that conversation. I really feel at the moment, teenage kids are the big area of focus. I think kids on kids are doing online school. They have been in Melbourne for a long period of time. I got some schoolmates. Uh, I got some mates that are actually school teachers. Um, they're just fine on the Zoom. So the Zoom sort of stuff is just not a great way for a teenage kid to spend their days. Mm. Um, kids at the moment, playgrounds are closed. I heard a rumor earlier that it might be reopening. Um, I think I think it's now starting to get to a point where the governments are realizing that. Um, and I don't want to get political. I don't, I don't get political. I understand what we're doing. Uh, I'm not trying to get political, but I think they're now starting to think that or at least understand that mental health is, is now probably a bigger concern yeah. um, than COVID itself. So they're mm. obviously going to start putting things in, hopefully start putting things in place. But the biggest message for me, I think that the teenage genre, the area, the demographic are probably at the biggest risk because they're the most vulnerable. Yeah. You know, they're the ones that are on social media. I, I I could talk about social media all day um, and the, the sort of black and white, it's such a gray area for me, the, the social media, it's allowed me opportunities me to, to voice, um, have things and to have a voice and to have that platform. Um, but it does not all business skittles, mate. There's an, you get the messages, you get the hate, you get the mm. people that have no photos, no voice, no, you know, the just yeah. accounts are just non-existent and they mm. just tee off, you know, yeah. like, so, you know, look, I, I treat social media warily and, yeah. and it's a double-edged sword. Um, you know, when I finished shooting maths and, and my finale aired um, where I did end the relationship with Ning, there would have been 400 messages wow. on DMs just all just telling me to 
go hang myself and just ruthless just you know and i know i take the good with the bad yeah. you know, it's a bit water for ducks back but um you know like for, as a teenage kid you know they're they're vulnerable it, social media presents a, a lifestyle that isn't normal lifestyle people are only putting out the good parts of their life and, and what they want to see yeah so these teenage kids that have trying to work their way around life and school and that and then mm. looking at all these people that are sitting on a boat you know so and if yeah. they don't have the luxury of you know you mentioned the good people around you, you've got your beautiful partner you've got friends mm. um you've also got like a, you've you're you're old enough now to have lived life and sort of built your own personal philosophies you've probably got yeah you know, a little resilience. bit of resilience yep. it's like you've got these almost like this arsenal of things to fall back on when yeah. you're like you said they are vulnerable teens it's like mm. if the, unfortunately they find themselves in a position where maybe they don't have the luxury of tons of friends a partner they don't they've got all these self-esteem issues um and now they don't even have the, the you know they're not moving their body much because they're locked down mm. um and then all of a sudden like you're just in this very vulnerable position it just takes one one message could have been it could even just be misinterpreted and yeah. and, and all of a sudden you draw yeah. th- that person draws context that hey that person hates me i'm not i don't fit in goes into the you know the like the idea that humans are wired for connection if that's not getting met and you feel like you're ostracized from the tribe it's just it's, yeah. you can see how potentially yeah nasty nasty it is and so that idea of like social media being a double-edged sword i totally get um because there's some beautiful messages and stuff out there that maybe totally. help in yeah. the moment but it's like yeah if they're not well equipped with the awareness and that's probably a large part of what you'd be hoping to do i imagine with some of the programs is like just providing a little bit of education of like hey yeah um just something to be aware of so they don't find themselves yeah. in that trap and look, I think there's there's so much, as much as there's a lot of hate online, there's, there's so many good things. And you got so yeah. many good companies these days, um, you know, like the Resilience Project with, mm. with who you got Gussie Wall and um, mm. doing the Gotcha for Life. You've got Living, you know, you've got so many of these Tomorrow Man, Tomorrow Woman, you know, you've got all these people that are doing doing the right thing and trying yeah. to get their their message out. Um, yeah. So as much as there's a lot of haters, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good movements out there at the moment that are really drawing a lot of um, good attention onto the mental health spaces. So, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think we spend so much of our day consumed by trying to be, be physically fit, mm. but nobody realises that they need to spend a little bit of their day on becoming mentally fit. And I think mm. that's the conversation that we need to start having and, and normalise that conversation yeah. because, you know, without that being mental fit, you're not going to be mm. yeah, days off to a bad start. So. Mate, I um I, I really really like that idea of just um there is not one size that fits all, and I think particularly you know I have a lot of guests on the show, and I put out content and ideas myself, and a lot of it's just kind of almost like a virtual diary of like what I'm up to, and like hey here's an idea, and but I think that's if there's one kind of message that I like violently like adhere to, it's it is that like there is no one size fits all, and so. I think that's just an important caveat when you, you know, you might listen to a conversation like ours or, or, you know, stumble across, you know, a piece on social or a blog or whatever it might be. And it could be extremely valuable, but that for whatever reason, it just may not be the perfect recipe for you. And I reckon that's important for people to, to kind of understand of like, Hey, these seven or eight best tools for mental health, like on paper makes sense. And it's worth exploring with curiosity, but if it doesn't mm. kind of, 
Like it might, it might need to be adjusted or you might need to add your own flair to it. Like ultimately all that matters is feeling good. And if yeah. that needs to, you know what I mean? Like if you need to find something that's a little bit different, that's super okay. Yeah. Even in the living care, uh, the living well package, um, when they touch on self-care, they talk about um, mindfulness and breathing. Mm. And, and I actually even, even admit that I've tried that and it doesn't work. You know, like there are people out there that love it. That's what they do. And, mm. and I love that. The fact that they found their thing that yep. works um, but for me it doesn't you know um sometimes chucking on some songs for me you know 10 yeah. minutes listen to some good tunes that might be all it needs um yeah. so yeah one size fits all and you just you just got to find something that, that you enjoy doing and it's for 15 minutes a day people always say to me oh i don't have the time i don't have i don't have the time during you know with all no you do yeah yeah 100%. i can guarantee you that people have 15 minutes a day where they can put down that bloody phone Stop scrolling, turn off the TV, yep, and just spend 15. It's not hard. Yeah, it's mm. not hard. So I touched on it very briefly, but there is also an apparel line with living, and mm. it looks pretty fire. So mm. uh, before, yeah. we, before we wrap, how can people learn more about well the apparel and then also some of the workshops and how can they connect with you if they want to say hello? Yeah, or reach out on reach out on social media. I'm happy to have a chat. Um, just send me a DM. I do check. I do still check them. <laughs> Sometimes they're funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still check them. If anyone wants to reach out, I'm more than happy to have a chat. Um, I understand COVID is and probably will be in our lives for a while. So um, I understand this sort of stuff, Zooms and and conversations over phone is, is part and parcel of life these days. Uh, living is just l i v i n dot org. So it's not living, living. Mm-hmm. Um, we just dropped the new apparel range. The Living Well programs, you can find all the information on the website, um, the living.org. Um, you can just find all the, web, all the information about the Living Well programs. Um, we're starting to get back into it now. We've got a couple of bookings coming up soon in Bendigo, a couple at, um, in Ringwood School in mid-October. Um, the, I know that you're only allowed to travel, but they're getting the state government is obviously now realising this isn't quite an important message. And they're now starting to allow travel to mm. schools to present this program. So we're starting to get a bit up and running now. Um, businesses, Are You OK Day is coming up on the 9th. I really like Are You OK because it does generate a, a, a conversation. Yeah. However, one thing that I sort of think, oh, well, it, it's good to do it on one day, but I think there's 364 other days of the year where we need to have the same conversation. Mm. So as much as I enjoy that day and I'm glad that it exists, there's still a long, long way to go. Um, mm. But yeah, this is Mark Scrivens is my Instagram account. Um, yeah, send me a DM. Happy to chat. Um, the Living Dog All. We just dropped a new range. There's the famous hoodies. Chris Hemsworth was in one of the hoodies a couple of years ago, and that's generated a fair bit of interest. Um, we are expanding into Melbourne. Um, so I'm the only facilitator down here at the moment. We're just looking at once things open back up again, and who knows how long um, yeah. we might try to generate a bit, few more. But um, yeah. Awesome. I'll put all the show, I'll put all the links in the in the show notes. But uh, mm. Mark, mate, appreciate you making the time. Good to chat. Hopefully, when things open up, we can go a beer or a coffee and um, chat yep. a bit more off air too. So, yeah, tons of value in that, and um, really appreciate it, my man. No, unreal, great, good, good to chat. Love getting this message out. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate the support you guys are showing to this platform. If you got some value from this episode, if you enjoyed it, please do share it on your socials with friends and family. 
really helps grow the channel uh, and the mission and everything we're trying to do here with Braintainment. So spread the love. I would be forever grateful. And of course, if you've got some real insights from this episode, hit me up, find me on social, shoot me a message. I'd love to engage and have a chat with you guys. So that's it for now. Until the next episode, thanks again.